give me the lamp, brother. <laughs> Where's the lamp? <laughs> Do you have the lamp, brother? <laughs> Do you have the lamp? <laughs> so, yeah, it's Halloween. Ah! Ah! <laughs> still monsters. Did you see the picture <laughs> of her in her shirt? I did. That's awesome. That's the only thing that she wanted for her birthday. Was so, a history told you know by what, Olivia? Shirt. Shout out to you. Our little nine-year-old niece just had her birthday, and that's all she wanted for her birthday from me was a history told by idiot shirt. <laughs> and you can too. I delivered. So, but hers is glitter, and yours will not be if you don't want one. But still, if you do, we have a Teespring store. Yay! Is it an actual store? Because I was looking at it, and it's like the link that you had there was like for the the mass orders. Oh. Yeah. I need to fix that. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's an actual store. I don't know. I'll find out. We could have millions of dollars worth of back orders. No. No. I mean, wouldn't it be grand? It would It would be very nice, <laughs> but we're not that famous. We have, like, what? Believe, Ty. Believe. 5,500 listens total. <laughs> That's why it says zero products ordered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, if you go to uh, teespring.com slash... History dash told dash by dash idiots. Then that's where we are. Couldn't you think of a better? Well, I didn't do it. Oh. So uh. it's almost Halloween. Spooky. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> Pumpkins fall over on Madison Avenue. <laughs> Our pumpkins fell over. Pumpkins. Pumpkins. You're my pumpkin, Josh. Oh, you're my oh. pumpkin, that Tesla. I love you so good. That is ridiculously tall. I'm my own pumpkin. I did <laughs> not know that was that tall. Yeah. That's what she said. He booped me. <laughs> <laughs> he booped. Taz got his own boop stick. <laughs> it's the boop it's stick. an expendable boop stick. <laughs> There's a spark on it. <laughs> you can have one too for forty nine ninety nine. It can be a boopstick or it can be a dangerous weapon. <laughs> can we add that to the store? A you boop can stick? not buy that on teespring.com slash history dash told dash by dash idiots. But we could customize your own boopstick. Your very own history told by idiots boopstick. <laughs> uh, I'll get right on that. That um, needs to be a thing. I'll get right on that. It's a, it's an extendable camera monopod that you reach across the table and boot people on the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to your local Walmart for ten bucks. You can have one. There you go. Jeez. So it's almost Halloween. I like we've established that. I know, but we got away from it because we are flotty. Because and boop. Because he pooped me with a stick. Because he flashed something shiny and we was like, oh. Uh. So, 
We're going to talk about scary stuff. Yeah. And eventually there will be some video to go along with this. Yeah, it just didn't it's happen just... because, one, you guys were going to the birthday party, and two, because the weather's actually kind of bad. Yeah, we really were not going to go travel somewhere that we don't particularly We've never been know to, where and it's, it's at. Like, 40 mile an hour winds. We're still not going to tell you exactly what it is. I mean, like, it kind of goes along with this episode, so you could probably maybe figure out something, at least a little bit about it. I guess not really, because not a whole lot of people know about that. I did tell a bunch of cops about it. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Can we get an escort? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about scary things. We're going to talk about cults. <laughs> and serial killers. Cults and serial killers. Churches? You're going to talk about churches? Churches. Religion? Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean... In the, te- in the technical definition of yeah, it, yes, but... Technically, I guess I am. <laughs> I could go further, but I don't oh, want to Oh, God. <laughs> Looking at my notes, how did I even... I don't, I don't know. I can't talk. I can't spell. Disciples. And you're going to be a teacher. C-I-P-E-S. Yes, officially. To foreign children. Yes, officially. Nice. Chinese children. So tonight's What are you going to... What? God. Josh, what are you talking about? <sighs> nothing. A big bunch of nothing. Because he's a loser. No, I like I like the topic tonight, but I'm not as interested in it. I'm fascinated by it. I mean, I like the cult leaders and whatnot and all that stuff, but big serial killer then. And because you didn't want to do research. Well, I mean, I did drive for four hours today. And, I know, but still, <laughs> and I was kind of tired. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You should look up a serial killer that none of us know who they are. Totally random. Well, that's fine. I mean, I know so, I know the some things on Ty's topic and some things on your top topic. Add your two cents in. Yeah. But now, just because I'm curious, I'm going to top in obscure serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those things that's going to get me flagged on the internet. <laughs> hmm. Listen, I'm pretty sure I'm on like 15 watch yeah, lists. Yeah, if my web browser history has not got me flagged yet, it probably won't get you flagged. I think that I probably should have been flagged that day that I went to the Walmart and I bought like eight padlocks, some chain, some children's party supplies, a length of rope, and a a black light flashlight that lets you see bodily fluids in the dark. And no one fit the question you was going through? (laughs) No. (laughs) I was like, I'm having an escape room at the library and I need stuff. Also, I have a children's party tomorrow, so, yeah. I mean, even the idiots <laughs> at my work would have been like, so, you're having a good time? <laughs> Five super twisted serial killers you've never heard of. Challenge accepted. I've heard of at least three. <laughs> I've heard of, yeah, at least three. I don't even know how to say her name. Oh, it's good to know. Judy Buenoano? Juan Bueno. <laughs> Judy Bueno. But that's not literally. the topic tonight. Bueno. Bueno. A-N-O. Bueno. Ano. Bueno. Ano. The Black Widow. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, I hear the screechy scratch of dog nails. Hounds. 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 She killed her husband and her son. Yes. So I have heard of that person. Yes. Actually. This so, is you know the... what? You've already failed. Yeah. Ronald Dominique. The Bayou Strangler? Oh, yeah. He killed 23 men in an eight-year span. Jeez. Yeah. This is nuts topic for tonight. Serial killers and cults? Yeah. It's both. Oh, I just... No one said it was serial killers. I just I heard did. it was cults. I typed it at least it was, twice. Yeah. I don't even look at my phone. <laughs> if I ain't looking up where to go on Red Dead Redemption 2, I don't care. <laughs> I would hate to be a serial killer and then... Kill 23 people and then get described in the paper as short, overweight, and suffering from a heart condition. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't stop him, though. Savage. (laughs) Savage. He strangled. Strangled. (laughs) Shout out to Brian and (laughs) Sonia Breeding. Josh has taken your, uh, (laughs) your fake news saying and made it his own. Oh. I hit a thing. I didn't mean to, but I did. Uh, Moses Sithole. Sithole. Moses Sithole. The ABC killer or South African strangler. I know of that one. I don't. Murdered 37 women and a two-year-old, but he raped 40 women. Ooh. He ran an anti-child abuse organization, but he killed a kid. Mm-hmm. Well then, yeah. well then, he reportedly victimized women who were interviewing for positions. After offering them a job, he would strangle them with his underwear. Mm-hmm. Did he just conveniently keep spare underwear there, or did he take them off? Because sure. dude, he, dude, he took them off. Dude, sentenced to two thousand four hundred and ten years in prison. Mm-hmm. Amy Archer Gilligan. That drives me crazy. Just say to you rot. I mean, yeah. I Amy Archer Gilligan. That one sounds Who funny. is the basis of uh, arsenic and old lace. Oh, okay. Okay. Responsible for the deaths of her two husbands, plus close so to 20 residents at the convalescent the home she ran. Shit. That's not in there. It's Gilligan here. <laughs> 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 Uh, John Floyd Thomas Jr., the West Side Rapist, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's the American government on there. Really? Well, I've heard of literally all five of them. No. <laughs> is the American Super government Super twisted serial killers you've never heard of. You fail. Oh. Okay. John Robinson. I don't know who you are. Larry Eiler? That was not a political statement. That was above you, in my opinion. <laughs> the highway killer. Peter Literally Curtin. everybody knows about the highway killer. Yeah, I know. I didn't know his real name. Uh, ooh, this dude killed people in Germany in 1929. Peter Curtin. Everybody was almost murdered. Every everybody week, almost Germany every week a fresh corpse was found horribly <clears throat> slashed or bludgeoned to death, sometimes sexually assaulted. Mostly young women, although men and children were not excluded. That's really sad. 30 murders. Hope they killed him. Hmm. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> he was guillotined in Germany. Nice. In 31. And right before he died, 
He said he wondered if he would hear his own blood spurting after his neck was severed. That dude had problems. Hmm. But Are, would you? I, I, you know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> they say that your cog- the brain that, activity would that be you're there. cognizant for a while. Yeah, but would the, the the throbbing in your ears from the adrenaline would that? Hmm. It's mm, a good question. Would that? I don't know. I don't, I don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> We're gonna try it on Josh. <laughs> tell us if you hear it. <laughs> Yeah, man. Bobby Joe Long. He killed a bunch of... Whoa, I've been there. He terrorized the Florida communities of Miami, Ocala, and Fort Lauderdale. I've been to Ocala. Carl Pansram. Pansram? Pansram? One of America's most ferocious, unrepentant serial killers. Unrepentant serial killers? Yeah. Serial killers? So Embittered there's a, there's a years... category of repentant and unrepentant? I guess so. If you, if you... <laughs> well, yeah, because there are like cases of serial killers feeling remorse afterwards. Holy crap. Embittered by years of torture, beatings, and sexual abuse, both in and out of prison, Panzerim evolved into a man who was meanness personified. He hated everyone, including himself. Quote, I was so full of hate that there was no room in me for such feelings as love, pity, kindness, or honor, or decency. Hey, ghost. He stop. said... <laughs> you interrupted me. Sorry, the ghost He said, <laughs> my only regret is that I wasn't born dead or not at all. Oh. He lived a nomadic existence, committing crimes in Europe, Scotland, the U.S., South America, and once killed six men in one day in Africa and fed their bodies to hungry crocodiles. In 1920, at the age of 29, he committed his first murder, killing some sailors in New York. He lured away from a bar, shooting them and dumping their remains into the river. He also shot a man dead for trying to rob him. He later raped and killed two small boys, beating one to death with a rock and strangling the other with a belt. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know why my brain went there, but like you said beating to death, and then my brain went, did he beat him to death with the other boy? Oh, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, huh. <laughs> I've traumatized Your headspace. <laughs> I mean, I'm just still stuck on the whole unrepented, repented thing. I mean, it's just uh, this is that's an actual psychological thing. I mean, Dennis Nilsson. Don't know who you are. He's I know a Scottish that serial killer. Huh? Huh? Fritz Harmon. It's got two A's. Harmon. Oh, I thought you were going. I thought you were going for something like. Thought it had three A's in there. Thought you were going for like the uh, Harmon. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought you were going for like the uh, the Walmart battery vine thing. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the double A's. The guy goes. Ah, let me just find it. <laughs> <laughs> But his name is Harmon, and he's a Harmon. He was a Harmon people back in Germany in 1918. You didn't appreciate that joke, did you? The way that you're looking at me. Well, I'm listening. I said he was a Harmon people. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that was your main break brought to you by that. Uh. <laughs> 
Fritz Harmon was Harmon people. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for finally laughing. <laughs> Go. Sorry about that. <laughs> We're still laughing, this. <laughs> Gerald Schaefer. The article describes him as a sadistic, a sadistic, sadistic, sadistic. He's a statistic. He's a statistic sex beast. He's an unrepentant. He does He does math problems. In bed. So there you go. There's some serial killers for you that you may not know about. You can go and research on your own time. Because I'm not using my time. <laughs> oh, girl. Snap, snap, snap. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> okay, cults. Cults. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Oh, uh, you go first. You might be oh, here first. Oh, I do first. have a cool serial killer. Because right I don't want to go first. Hey, you figured something out. I do have a cool serial killer. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you go ahead and look for your stuff, and then... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll do your thing. I do have pictures on there I need, but I don't need them right now. How are they going to see it? I... <laughs> <laughs> Same way we're filming a podcast. Yeah. I took screenshots of... Same way we have viewers. I took screenshots of an article, Tyrell, that I need to read. <laughs> uh, oh, God. The People's Temple. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about the People's Temple. Uh, I'm kind of fascinated by all of this. If you ever watched, like, in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever watched the documentary on the People's yes, Temple? Yes, I watched it again. Like, I really am kind of fascinated. So I watched it for the second or third time. Uh, I started it the other day on my lunch break at yeah. work. I was sitting in my office watching about mass suicide. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the People's Temple. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So, when they formed, they were the People's Temple of the Disciples of Christ, but everybody just kind of shortened it to the People's Temple, because mm-hmm. the other one is a mouthful. It was founded in 1955 in Indianapolis, Indiana, and at its core, it was a new religious movement that kind of combined elements of other things. So, it it combined elements of Christianity... But with communist and socialist ideas too. You know, it was being it formed in in Indianapolis, and that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Sorry, Indiana. We love you. <laughs> I still like you, Indiana, but you got some weird people up there. Yeah, but we do too. That's true. Who steals a cheese grater? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> he took my soap. <laughs> Who steals soap? <laughs> Empty bottle of Lysol. <laughs> He took my cheese grater. Oh, if you don't know what we're talking about, he tried so hard to capitalize. He off really, of all that. really did. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't. then you're fine. Yeah, you're don't fine. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't look into it because <laughs> the sooner that dies, the better. <laughs> so it combined Christianity, communist, socialist ideas, and one of the big things that it kind of had its basis in was racial equality. Uh, that was like a really big thing with the People's Temple was racial equality. So, um, the founder's name was Jim Jones, and uh, he proclaimed himself to be the Messiah of this cult. And he told the members essentially that they would reach utopia if they followed him, and thousands of people did. 
So Jones himself entered into ministry in 1952, and he got a job kind of right away as a student pastor. Before that, he kind of really didn't know what to do with his life, so he just decided to enter the ministry, which you should you should not do. <laughs> you should give thought to that kind of decision. But by the following year, um, he was getting a pretty good reputation as an evangelist and a healer, so he claimed to be a faith healer, and that's how uh, he got a lot of his followers. Mm-hmm. So he was very radical in his viewpoints. I mean, it's not really... Some of the things that he believed, definitely not radical. They're they're great things. I think that's what made him so charismatic, is that a lot of the things that he did with his church uh, were not necessarily bad things at all. Like, he was in favor of the integration of races and church services. A lot of people didn't agree with that. It's great, and obviously we do it now, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But at the time, in the 50s, that was a no-go. Uh, it was a no-go for a lot of places. So, because people wouldn't agree with his viewpoints, he decided to branch out on his own and make his own church. So then you fast forward to 1955, and he starts a church called the Wings of Deliverance. But soon after, that became the People's Temple. Um, He went on the radio, had like an AM radio channel. He would go and kind of preach and do evangelical stuff and try to gain followers for the church. But kind of what his bread and butter, at first at least, were his miraculous healings. Um, This is how he would draw new people into the People's Temple family. And he would still talk about, you know, utopia, this better life, all the awesome things that were going to happen to you if you joined People's Temple. And at the same time, he would essentially be draining them dry of their money and taking it and padding, padding his own pockets with it. And now, folks came forward later to talk about how he would fake these faith healings. Yeah. You know, somebody comes up and they say they have a cancerous tumor, and then he removes the tissues from their body, but in all actuality, it's like chicken liver and other animal tissues that they, you know, figure out slot-of-hand ways to manipulate. And then, oh, look, your cancer is gone because I just pulled it from your body. But it was all a load of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he was very charismatic, Jim Jones. And he knew how to draw people in hook, line, and sinker. That's just what he was good at. Uh, he always wore this, you know, the, the suit and the dark glasses. And he was kind of mysterious. And he always talked about... A better life for people. But the thing about the People's Temple, too, is that when people would see them doing things, they didn't think they were anything but great. Because prior to moving, I'll talk about the moving in a little bit. <coughs> Let's just say, so when they started out and they, they kind of opened up the church and were doing well for themselves, um, they would they opened up a soup kitchen. They gave out two thousand eight hundred or so meals a month to homeless folks. Uh, he was appointed in Indiana to the Indiana Human Rights Commission. They they he purposefully hired um, an African American minister in order to draw that community in the African American community community in and make them feel welcome 
in his church and like people there were no there was no dress code you could dress however you wanted in your casual clothes that way even the poor could feel like they were welcome but he was good at it <laughs> he was very very good mm-hmm. at drawing people in so they ran into a few little snags in Indiana. Eventually, they, they moved. Um, they moved up to California, but we'll get to that. So, after his church started gaining some followers, that's when he sto- sort of started to uh, have this shift in mentality, and he started forcing sort of an us versus them agenda on all of his followers like the world is a bad place our family is safe you need to step away from the world and come and be with us give us everything that you have we'll take care of you um the world is bad sort of deal and they started the temple started tightening tightening their ranks they started requiring more of their members than other, you know, traditional churches would do. You know, churches may ask you to tithe. They will ask you, you know, mm-hmm. to step up and serve in ministry. But, like, with the People's Temple, you were required to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas and all major holidays with the People's Temple family. Like, you couldn't spend it with your own family if they weren't members. You had to spend it with them. And yeah. and really what he was doing, Jim Jones, was attempting to wean members away from the, this concept of family from blood mm-hmm. and direct them toward family in a group of believers. Yeah. So, he also uh, kind of put out this idea of re- religious uh, communalism. So, essentially, you give everything that you have... To the people's temple. All of your money, your material wealth, all of it. Give everything to them, and they take care of you. And and you don't have to worry about anything, but essentially they own you. It's just that mm-hmm. you you don't know that they do, but they own you. But this is what happened to thousands of people. And as the the religion continued to grow, they moved further away from the Christian ideals. And Jones sort of stepped forward and proclaimed himself a cross-like figure. So, skip ahead to 1961. Jim Jones claims that the apocalypse is coming to Chicago. Mm-hmm. That there's going to be a nuclear attack. And that they need to move to a new location. Immediately. And so they just kind of pick up and they move. And they're in California now. Now, when they get to California, things really start going a little a little south. He starts preaching that the Holy Spirit lives in, in all of their members, but that he has healing power. So that means that he's special. And he claims to be a manifestation of Christ the Revolution. That's a quote. That's what he claimed to be. A manifestation of Christ the Revolution. And then he started preaching that the United States was the Antichrist, mm-hmm. and that capitalism is the Antichrist's system. So, he really believed um, in this nuclear holocaust, and he preached that those that survived it would be the ones that would create this new socialist Eden. And uh, he even predicted the end of the world on July 15th, 1967, and... 
I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but <laughs> you know, he so he's saying that he is he is the new manifestation of Christ. The United States is the Antichrist. Capitalism is the Antichrist system. Essentially, everybody's going to die, and if we want to survive, we have to get out of here, sort of thing. So, the, after that, they started. He rejected the Bible, starting started to reject it completely, saying that it was the white man's justification to dominate women and enslave people of color. Instead, he wrote sort of his own little booklet, and that's what they adopted, um, and would read. While he did, you know, kind of admi- he he would admit that there were some great truths in the Bible, mm-hmm. but he also said that it contained beliefs about only a sky god or a buzzard god who was no god at all. A buzzard. A buzzard god. I promise. <laughs> That's exactly a sky god or a buzzard god. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a? <sighs> yeah. Is it like an I, actual I, technical I, term? I, I, I don't know. You look that up. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> He started um, with his people taking Greyhound buses full of members, and they would go on the road and do recruiting and faith healing and all that good stuff. Uh, And they would bring in about $100,000 per trip. That's how much they would raise. So they were raising crazy amounts of money. And he uh, would even sell anointed and blessed photos of himself to raise money. So, yeah. Um, Uh, There's not anything definitive there it just says uh, like there's a quote here from uh from jim jones says i'm at war with your buzzard god i've come here to defeat your buzzard god i was like all right okay <laughs> mad man all right <laughs> it's like i don't know if that's in <laughs> reference to like one of the egyptian gods or something i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so they raised all this money um and then in 1974, uh, they took all of that money that they did with fundraising, and they signed a lease to rent this land in Guyana. And they called it um, the People's Temple Agricultural Project, but most people just sort of called it Jonestown. Yeah. So, they decided to do this because they wanted to escape racial racial tension, and so they were in this country... Uh, where it was a socialist government, everybody spoke English. It mm-hmm. was kind of perfect, and like you know, like we said, the United States he thought was the Antichrist. Yeah. He told everybody it was the Antichrist, and that <laughs> there was going to be a nuclear holocaust. So this seemed like the best place to to sort of go. So they went. So during this time, <laughs> they're dropping the bombs. Quick, drink this. <laughs> drink yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like American Horror Story. During this time. Uh, some former members came out and spoke with allegations against Jim Jones and the church. And so this sort of media scrutiny started around that time when they first moved. So by 1978, the population of Jonestown was around 900 people. Hmm. They were they were promised paradise. That's what they, they thought they were going towards. Yeah. Freedom from the wickedness of the world, you know. But rumors of abuse soon started... Um, Jim Jones was extremely controlling. Mm-hmm. He did not approve of sexual relationships. He didn't approve of romantic relationships. Um, like a lot of some people even signed their children over to him as yeah. a parent. 
which started a lot of which was a really <laughs> which bad started idea. a lot of problems. That kind of uh, was a catalyst for yeah. for the end of things, actually. So, um, Congressman represent well Representative Leo Ryan mm-hmm. got wind. This he, this congressman got wind of things that were going on, and decided to take a handful of family members of People's Temple members and go visit, see for themselves that their loved ones were either okay or not okay. And if they weren't okay, he was going to load the plane back up and bring people home. When they got there, everything seemed to be totally fine, like um, Jones was charismatic and, you know, whatever. But then people started approaching in secret very much in secret, because if you did it openly, they would probably just kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. they secretly approached and uh, asked if they could be, you know, escorted back home. And he was going to take a handful of people with him and went to go do so. But when they got to the airstrip, um, a group of people's temple, like a, a squad came through and they opened fire and Congressman Ryan and four, I think four others were shot and killed. There were several people shot, but they, they died yeah. there. So, but people, some of the, uh, the, uh, Congressman's party escaped. They made it back. And when Jim Jones caught word that some people had escaped, that is when he began to panic because he knew that it was all just, well, I mean, it's a declaration of war. Right? Yeah. The president could it was all just, it was yep. over. Yeah. And so he, they had practiced suicide, mass suicide, like they had drills for this. And he would just wake people, wake them up in the middle of the night and they would all gather in the middle of, uh, of their little town by the altar and they would practice doing mass suicide. So they, it was well orchestrated because they had practice with it. And so, um, yeah, 909 people died from uh, drinking a combination of... Uh, it wasn't really Kool-Aid, by the way. It was uh, Flavor-Aid. So Flavor-Aid, yeah. Punch, essentially, and Cyanide. They started with the kids first. And um, the mothers, some of the mothers would literally inject this stuff into their kids' mouths and then drink it right after and die with them. And it was a horrible way to go. I mean, it didn't take very long, maybe five minutes once you drank it, but first you would have convulsions all over your body and then your eyes would roll back in your head. Yeah, it was a very painful death. You would have extreme pain and then finally you would fall over and and die. So, 909 people. And... People, a lot of times when you hear about this, people think they all just drank the stuff willingly, but yeah. they they didn't. There, I mean, you know, there were a lot of people that did, mm-hmm. but people tried to flee, and when they did, there were armed guards that came forward, and if, forced if them they to. forced you to do it, and if you didn't do it, they shot you. Yeah. And, you know, or threatened to shoot you, and that was just that. Mm-hmm. So... In the end of it all, 909 people died. Yeah, and there were actually a handful of people that did get shot. Yeah. And Jim Jones Jim Jones died of a gunshot wound and two people with him. Mm-hmm. They think that um, 
They don't know if his nurse shot him and then shot herself, or if he shot himself, but that's how he died. Yeah. was a gunshot wound. But it kills me to think about the children, because mm-hmm. yeah. it would just be horrible. And the entire time, the, the creepy thing about this is that he recorded everything, and so you can go on YouTube and listen to the entire last sermon, quote-unquote, that he gave while mm-hmm. while they were committing suicide. And you can hear the children screaming in the background. Yeah. And the nurse is there, like, going, oh, they feel no pain. They don't feel any pain. It just tastes really bitter. So yeah. they're crying because it tastes bad. No, they're crying because they just, you just force-fed them cyanide, mm-hmm. and they're dying. I may... Painfully dying. I may grab that link for the last sermon and Throw it out there somewhere, but with it's like, terrifying. Extreme, oh gosh, uh, precautions. <laughs> it's it's horrible. I mean, you can hear people screaming and and knowing that they're they're literally dying right then. And he's just very calmly talking about how we've practiced this, and there's no way. And somebody comes up and and says, you know, I thought you said we could go to Russia if we needed to go to Russia. And he was like, well, it's too late for that now because uh. You know, they're on that plane, and they're going to tell everybody, and then the more congressmen will come here. Well, yep. he knew that he was in deep crap, mm-hmm. because he ordered that to happen, and he took everybody down with him. And it's... Jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> tell Dokubi to leave you alone. Who's that? So... Oh. <clears throat> oh, gosh. And this website that I'm on, there's even an alphabetical list of who the people that died, and their their last name, and everything. Uh-huh. But, um... As far, there were 303 kids under the age of, of the age of 17 and under, 303. Uh, 100 and, 190 of those were the ages of 12 and under, and 13 were under a year old. And they just poisoned them. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And there were, I mean, there were some people that escaped Escaped it. Jones's son, for one thing, did. Um, they were at a basketball tournament, hmm. and and so that's why I think why he survived. But like, there was an old lady that slipped through the entire thing. Didn't even know what happened. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And they didn't come and find. Like there was a guy, and I can't remember his name. I had notes, and my Kindle died. So, I don't have any notes now. I'm just talking to you out of the air. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but there there was a gentleman that was sent to go get a stethoscope, and he just went and hid under a floor somewhere and survived, and he's the one that went to the officials and told them what had happened. Yeah. When they got there, it had been three days, mm-hmm. and there were 909 bodies. Yeah to dispose of in the heat and they had swollen and everything and they had to literally pierce some of them to keep them from exploding Mm -hmm. and he describes that in detail yeah so it's just it gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies it's uh, one of the worst uh, mass suicides in history and let me find these yeah, so uh, 
Amid the hundreds and hundreds of deaths, there were a number of survivors in Jonestown. On the morning of November 18, 1978, hours before the dramatic events unfolded, a group of 11 Temple members, including a mother and her three-year-old son, walked 35 miles to escape under the pretense of going on a picnic. Two men, Stanley Clayton and Odell Rhodes, were able to bypass armed security through a number of through a combination of luck and deception. Three other members, Mike Prokes and brothers Tim and Mike Carter, were sent out sent out on a mission by Jim Jones's aide to deliver a suitcase of money to the Soviet embassy. Okay. Huh. And there were many followers at the Temple Outpost in Georgetown and the church's San Francisco headquarters. Soviet embassy. But yeah. Socialism? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. He really, Social yeah, he support. was really a, a fan of, of socialism. So, let me see. Uh, this article from article from the Rolling Stone uh, says, Jim Jones's cruelty and madness were rooted in his childhood. Um, this is mostly stuff from a book. He was a loner during his youth. Jim would entertain his playmates in the loft of his family's barn and make them his captive audience. Like he, one time he literally locked his friends in the barn. He performed experiments on animals and conducted funerals for them. Uh, I thought Jimmy was a really weird kid, Jones's childhood friend Chuck Wilmore recalled in in the documentary, Jonestown, The Life and Death of People's Temple. He was obsessed with religion. He was obsessed with death. A friend of mine told me he saw Jimmy kill a cat with a knife. Huh. Uh, he also he had an early fascination with Adolf Hitler. When Hitler committed suicide in April 1945, thwarting enemies who sought to capture and humiliate him, Jimmy was impressed. So you can see what happened there. Oh, and here's this. <laughs> Jones didn't always practice what he preached. In December 1973, he was arrested for lewd conduct at a Los Angeles movie theater. And during his final months in Jonestown, he was addicted to drugs. He was married, uh, but he adopted children of different racial, racial backgrounds and engaged in sexual relations with some of his female and male followers. Hmm. He said, hmm. quote, all of us were homosexuals. Joyce Houston, an ex-Temple follower, said in the Jonestown documentary. Everyone except for him. He was the only heterosexual on the planet. And that the women were all lesbians, the guys were all gay. And so anyone who showed in an interest in sex was just compensating. Tim Carter, another <laughs> ex-member, says that Jones hated romantic relationships within the People's Temple because they were seen as a threat to the cause and that the members members should be focused on their work. My wife, Gloria, and I were one of those couples who never really talked to each other about our true feelings, what our true feelings were about Jones, he says, or anything else, because we were afraid that the other one might get called up to the carpet. So, I talked about uh, how he adopted kids that weren't his. Tim and Grace Stowen were a married couple and followers of Jones during the Temple's early years in California. Tim was an attorney for the Temple, and Grace was a member of Jones's inner circle. In 1972, she gave birth to a boy named John Victor Stowen, and Jones claimed to be the father. Complicating matters about the paternity, Tim signed an affidavit confirming Jones is the father. 
When Grace defected from the church in 76, she left her son with Jones, fearing that her life and John's were in danger. Together, she and Tim, who left the church a year later, sought to get John back through the U.S. courts. By that time, John was already in in, uh, Guyana, and Jones adamantly refused to hand him over despite court orders. The dispute over John's paternity symbolized the bitter conflict between the temple and its opponents. If the Stoans prevailed in getting John back, it would signal the loss of Jones's far-reaching power over his people and galvanize other relatives of temple members seeking the return of their loved ones. So, in the end of it all, uh, John Victor Stowen was, was among approximately 304 people aged 17 or under found dead in Jonestown. So he knew that he was going to get in deep crap for it, and yeah. that's one of the reasons the suicide. So, hmm. yeah. If you've never listened to this man speak, um, he is extremely affluent. You should do it once and then never do it again. <laughs> you should do it once. Do it. You should do it once and never do it again. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us. And they'll pay for that. I leave that destiny to them. That's people dying yeah. in the background. wants to go with their child has a right to go with their child. I think it's humane. I want to go. I want to see you go, though. I, they can take me and do with me whatever they want to do. I want to see you go. I don't want to see you go through this hell no more. And the bastard shot himself. No more, no more, no mm-hmm. more. Do you hear that? If you just relax, you'll have no problem. The children here, a great deal because of Jim Jones. <laughs> There's the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Mike Tyson? Was he a Mike Tyson? <laughs> Which was pitiful. Yeah, I'll take that <laughs> And I just like to thank Dad for giving us life and also death. And I appreciate the fact the way our children are going. Because, like Dad said, when they come in, what they're going to do to our children, they're going to VSC, what he said right there, what they're going to do our, do to our children. Yeah. That was the that was part of the reason that he was so good at what he did because he could take that paranoia and flip it back on you because he he essentially said, "You see, this is my son, this this boy that they're trying to take. Mm-hmm. If they take him from me, they're going to come and do the same thing to you. They're going to take all your children away. So let's just kill ourselves and get it over with." Yep. That if you sit and listen to that, just don't actually, because yeah, <laughs> I mean you can, but it, it is heavy. It's heavy. Oh snap! I think forty forty. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Got a oh, f- snap! <laughs> it is heavy. Yeah. Like the the background noise gets worse. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it is. It's it's bad. It's bad. Nine hundred people. 
lies have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. Yeah, you had a guy shot. We're in a compound situation. Not only are there... His name was the top ten in hell. Oh, gosh. Yep. And it should be. So, yeah. (laughs) He was a coward that took the coward's way out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what they do to me. They can come and they can take me, but I, I want to sit here with you while you die so you don't have to go through anything. Yeah. And then he goes and shoots himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm. I think it's, I mean, it's terrible. And that's what makes it so, I don't want to say fascinating, because like, there are people from a psychological standpoint. It is. Yeah, it from is. a psychological standpoint. It's, I mean, from a it's standpoint, horrible. It's awful. Well, from a historical standpoint, though, I guess it'd be fascinating. I mean, it'd be no longer. There are people that like had that lost <clears throat> loved ones and stuff in in this massacre, well, I mean, the Jonestown not- massacre, and they're extremely offended if you say like if you talk about. Uh, well, somebody drank the Kool-Aid. Might as well oh, drink yeah. the Kool-Aid. Don't ever, just don't ever say that. The whole drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Saying, because you're making light of the fact that these people had family members that were poisoned to death, and that's just not cool. Mm-hmm. It's just not cool. So, yeah. It'd be no more, no more of a sign saying that I was fascinated in Adolf Hitler and what he done. Yeah, I mean, how the, he was able to. It is interesting how one man can mm-hmm. have so far, so Charles far Manson. over each. Yeah. So. So I mean, it just. Yeah, that's my spiel. It's terrifying. I mean, this is real terror. It's not. Um, no, it's not. It's not like monsters in the closet it's terror. Not monsters in the closet. No, this no, is real no, Halloween no. terror. Yep. This happened. So <laughs> there are pictures. Monsters are real, and you see them every day. Yep. <laughs> there are pictures what's, of a field of bodies. Oh what's yeah. A, what's I mean, that that Laurie Strode says in Halloween? Uh, Oh, so, uh, someone confronts her about the boogeyman. Uh, she says, "The boogeyman is real." Do you need to believe in the boogeyman? Let me find the quote. Or why do you believe in the boogeyman? She says something about it. You should. <laughs> yeah, he he's something about. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No, you should. You should. That movie's amazing, by the way. Yeah, the, it the, really the, the is. That one's amazing. Or what? What's what's my favorite quote? Is it from The Exorcist, or is it? Oh man, what movie is it from? But it, but they uh, ask the, if the devil is real, and the person looks at him and says, "You should, you should, because he believes in you." <laughs> yeah, it's not from The Exorcist. What's that from? Do you uh, believe it? Because they're like, "Do you believe in the devil?" Yeah, and that person says no, and he said, "You should, because the devil believes Constantine. in you." Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. Constantine says that, and uh, Keanu Reeves, the Keanu Reeves Constantine. Yeah. Man, um, I can't find that, should, that boogeyman the, quote. But anyway, my monster. Uh, since we're we're rolling with with oh god, the whole children thing. We should name this episode "People Who Deserve a Special Circle in Hell." Oh, 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 wait, wait, mine, mine, mine definitely does. And hey, since I wasn't paying attention to our topic tonight, so this would be my serial killer. Did your PlayStation just make a noise. No, I thought it did. Spooky. Ghosts. Spooky. 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 Ty. See. What's your favorite anime? 
my favorite anime. One of your favorite animes. Yeah. Death Note. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd ask say... Ask me. Ask me. No. Ask me. No, because you, you you refused to watch this anime, even though I told you 500 times it's probably one of the best animes on the face well, of the I thought planet. you were going to ask me, and it would be funny, because mine are all really, yeah. really, really uh, girly. Berserker? Fate Zero. Berserker? Oh, Fate, Fate Zero. Zero. Uh, oh. D- do you remember the caster class, what his name was? If you've not watched Fate Zero, it's a very amazing anime, and each one of the, each one of the characters are based what, on historical what, figures. I'm going to try to... pronounce his nickname. Yeah, what was his nickname? Bluebeard. Yes. Thank you. And I'm going to try to pronounce his real name. I can't remember his real name. Gilles de Reis. Gilles de Reis. Yeah. And uh, he was a true monster. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, in the anime, he's obsessed with Joan of Arc. Which makes sense because in in real life he was uh, his reputation. He was uh, Joan Arc's right hand man. He was uh, Joan Arc's commander, one of her top commanders. Uh, his birthday or his his time on this earth was between September fourteen oh five through uh, October twenty sixth, fourteen forty. And uh, his uh, best known reputation. As a confessed serial killer of children. Um, Though it was not just killing. No. No. Uh, His targets was mostly young boys. uh, And (laughs) to this day, there's dispute of how many people, how many children he killed. So. Yeah. Between 140 to over 200. And some historians say it may have been over 600. So, yeah. uh, what did he do? Did, did well, he... he was he retired from military service uh, between the years of 1434 and 1435, and he used his wealth uh, to start. So I didn't know this part uh, to start a um, theater, pretty much uh, about the siege of New or- siege of Orleans. You know the siege that he took part with mm-hmm. with Joan Art. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Les Monsieur du Siege de Orleans. I'm assuming anybody that knows French can look this up and correct me. I don't know. <laughs> but the play consists of more than two hundred thousand lines, lines of verse requiring one hundred and forty speaking parts and five hundred extras. Holy and, crap! Yeah, and yeah. Gills almost went almost bankrupted at the time of the production and began selling off property. Um, and it was funny because his friends actually, his family members actually gathered and went to the Pope to try to keep him, to try to shut him down because he was spending so much money in such a short amount of time, um, which led him to the occult. Uh, one of his, uh, a priest by the name, his last name was Blanchett. Who also testified uh, testified that the Reese sent out Blanchett to seek individuals who knew alchemy and demon summoning, and so Blanchett uh, contacted a uh, prelate, uh, a gentleman by the last name of Prelate Francisco Prelate, in Florence, and persuaded and persuaded him to take service with his master, having reviewed the magical books of, uh, of Prelate and traveling to Britain. Uh, he decided to summon a 
demon by the name of Byron. DeRees provided a contract with the demon for riches that uh, that prelate was to give to the demon at a later time. The demon, they tried three times to manifest this demon in the occult uh, with no avail until DeRees started supplying um, children, body parts of children, Mm -hmm. as sacrifices to the demon. And (laughs) so... So he he sacrificed kids to a demon, yes, uh-huh, to a demon named Baron, yeah, all this was to no avail, and the cult experiments left him bitter and with his wealth severely depleted, good, yep, so uh Gilles, he 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 was confessed. And uh, said that his first murder uh, took place between 1432 and the spring of 1433. And uh, it goes on and on and on. And I'm actually not going to go into detail of uh, what he'd done. Because this article actually goes into detail of what the testimony was. uh, What he'd done to the children. And uh, how... He done his deeds. So it's pretty gruesome. It's pretty gruesome, and it's full of stuff that I really don't want to... Well, I will say this, because you did let us listen to children dying on Jim Jones. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. But, uh, but this is this is after a long string of what of the methods that he done. But in his own confession, he testified that <clears throat> when the said children were dead, he Who's kissed them. Chocolate cakes. Oh. <laughs> Said when the children were dead, he'd kiss them, and those who had the most handsome limbs and heads were held up to admire them, and had their bodies cruelly cut open and took delight to the side of their inner organs. And were very often when the children were dying, he sat on their stomachs and took pleasure in seeing them die and laughing. That was by his own mouth. <laughs> so, uh, the two men that I mentioned uh, up here beforehand, uh, were the ones that tested, also testified against him, uh, Blanchett and Francisco Prelati, who were his, some of his close members. Uh, he was tried and obviously found guilty. Uh, he was hung and burned at the same time. His charges, which include murder, sodomy, and her- heresy. So... And yeah, yep. His execution was by hanging and burning on Wednesday, October twenty sixth. Wow! Oh, what, what day is it? The twenty seventh. It's twenty seventh. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Oh. oh, at nine o'clock. Yep. Oh no, his his accomplices he, they burned with him. So, and of course he he. Uh, he saw himself as holy and that he'd done no wrong. So So he didn't feel sorry for him. No, he didn't. No remorse. Yeah. Fun fact. The Fight Zero character is actually a mix of him and a fairy tale. Yes, the that's this goes on to yeah. mention that. It goes on to mention that Bluebeard was in um could have been the this guy could have been the inspiration for Bluebeard in yep. the um, Bluebeard killed uh, his wives though. Yeah, 
Okay, Bluebeard is a French folktale, the most famous survivor version of which was written by Charles uh, Prelude. Yeah. Prelude. Charles Perrault. Perrault, yeah. Yeah. And was first published by Barbin in Paris in 1697. We talked about him in the fairy tales episode. Yeah. Because wasn't he the one that got all the grand fairy tales and stuff together? He was the... He was... No, he did... He, he did was his just own. A, he was just a little bit before them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. They actually so read a lot of his stuff. Yep. So that's my monster, and like I said, huh. he's it's pretty gruesome. Uh, you'll just have to look up on Wikipedia. It's disturbing. <laughs> yep. If you want to find out exactly what the means the means were, because <laughs> that that article went into explicit detail of what he confessed, and <laughs> I'm going to talk about the devil. <laughs> so I was sent to warn you The devil's in the next room Shine down <laughs> Charles Manson? That's what I'm talking about <laughs> I love that song Pretty sure he's dead <laughs> Yeah he is <laughs> Yeah he died last year Yeah And and it's so weird because your Nobody mic. made a big deal out of it. Your mic stand's going to fall off the table. No, it's not. I got it. <laughs> Don't tell her what to do. She knows. <laughs> She's a strong. Nobody made a big deal out of it. Like I had to to ask the other day. Didn't he die? <laughs> it was like yeah. No one. No one made a big deal out of it. There was. Nothing. I saw like there were people like on the news trying to make Charles Manson out as like a hero, and I was like, what? <laughs> What? <laughs> Excuse me? Like, he killed people. He was a cult leader. <laughs> the do guy not, was nuts. Do not pass go. <laughs> do not. Do not pass go. Do not pass go. Yeah, do not collect the $100. <laughs> so Charlie. Charlie. Oh, I was confused. <laughs> Like you gonna do the Charlie Charlie challenge over there no. or something? Because that's full of crap. Should do that in the library. No, no. <laughs> yeah, spoopy. Yeah, spoopy. I have a Ouija board. No, <laughs> we do the Ouija board in the uh, library. Hundred and ten percent no. Please, no. I bought it specifically for that. Nope. I am so well. You wasted your money. <laughs> I work there. You do not. The age so. limit. The age limit to use a Ouija board. Scratch that. I didn't buy it. Legina gave it to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> or Ian gave it to me. One of the two. Because Sam didn't want it in the house. <laughs> the age limit to use Weasley Wards eight, eight. What? Yeah. yeah. Safely? You don't have to be eight years old to summon demons. Yeah, you don't have to be eight years old to summon demons. Oh, okay. But 21 to buy cigarettes. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know. I'm going to start my spiel off with the, with the, this. Taking my time going to work. I got a motorcycle and a sleeping bag and 10 or 15 girls. What the hell I want to go off into and, and go to work for? Work for what? Money? I got all the money in the world. I'm the king, man. I run the underworld, guy. I decide who's does what and where they do it at. What am I going to run around and act like I'm some teeny bopper somewhere for somebody else's money? I make the money, man. I roll the nickels. The game is mine. I deal the cards. Shoot. That is. Uh... I would like to point out. Listen to how well he he spoke, though. He was a charismatic guy too. 
Mm-hmm. There's theories behind that. Some of my favorite, some of my teen favorite teen hat. Theories. There's Jones. There's Jonestown conspiracies too. I didn't mm-hmm. get it. I'm not yeah. gonna get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the and another one. This one's uh, probably What's more interesting. One. Tell me in a sentence who you are. All right, this is history told by oh, so, Lord. This is quite possibly been one of the most frightening episodes we've done. Yeah, I agree. Those, I didn't uh, think it was going to end up being that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is, those were quotes from infamous cult leader and murderer Charles Manson. Um, Charles Manson actually has quite a bit of a background before the Manson family and the, the the Sharon Tate murders and all of that. He started out... Ghost Bork! Ghost Bork! <laughs> <laughs> the Bork is real! <laughs> Run for your lives! <laughs> Charles Manson was actually born in Cincinnati, which is only about, what, four hours from here? Something like that. And uh, a lot of his, some of his early life was actually spent here in Kentucky. Actually, very close to where we are. Um, and that's what we were talking about. The original plans were we were going to go and try to record a little bit on site, you know, take pictures and all that of uh, the house that he supposedly lived in while he was here. We but, still are. Um, we just we're going to do that at some point. The weather's just, been garbage. The weather was crazy. They were at a birthday party. I've been. I lived at work for the last week. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't happen. But it's going to happen at some point. Um, they moved around. Uh, his mom was. <coughs> she was arrested for grand larceny. Like his dad. Uh, his dad was a criminal and everything too. Just born into the life of crime. But, um, he was in and out of jail all through his life. After his second imprisonment is when things really started taking a turn, though. Before I get into that, though, do you know that he actually played music with the Beach Boys? Mm -hmm. I did. For a little bit, yeah. I did. Yeah, he wrote, uh, he wrote, all their famous songs. He wrote some of them. Helped her out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Yeah. The strange thing is, is like his music's not bad. No. <laughs> it feels it feels weird to say that, but his music's not bad. After his release in uh, 1967, they moved. He moved the Manson family, his cult that he formed in the late 60s, to uh, San Francisco, and then to a deserted uh, movie ranch in uh, San Fernando Valley. It's a 
trying to think of the name. She's trying to find the name. Oh, crap. I can't think of it. I just read it just a little while ago. Where'd it go? <laughs> Spawn Ranch. Thank you. <laughs> but moved the family to Spawn Ranch. And established an alternative alternative headquarters in uh, Death Valley. Manson started basically preaching this idea that he had of Helter Skelter, which was pulled from a Beatles song. Killed uh, by the Beatles' white album. Yeah. It's uh, basically this apocalyptic race war that's... Uh, between blacks and whites, and uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. really amped up his effect that he had on the people. Mm-hmm. In uh, in January of 1969, they moved to L.A. to Canoga Park. the The family lived uh, an alternative lifestyle. They were basically like extremist hippies <laughs> that believed in, uh, you know, doing basically whatever you wanted to. So on Spawn Ranch, they were constantly doing drugs. They were having orgies. They were going out and robbing and mugging people constantly, just uh, doing whatever they could to, you know, live their lifestyle. And then, on August 8th, 1969, Tex Watson took Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, and Patricia Krenwinkle to, in quotes, that house where Milcher used to live, and told them to totally destroy everyone in it, as gruesome as you can. Manson had told the women to do as Watson would instruct them. And they did. Well, except for one. Hmm? One of them really didn't participate, right? Yeah, one of them didn't really participate. It was, uh... Was that Linda Kasavian? I think so. Uh... Because she testified against him later, didn't she? Yeah, she, uh... Initially, she testified... With them, and then uh, later on ended up turning on them. And that was when, you know, Manson said that he'd kill her and all this kind of stuff. Um, at the house, Watson ordered the women to lie in the bushes. He then stepped out and ordered an approaching driver to halt. 18-year-old student Stephen Parent had been visiting the property's caretaker, who lived in the guest house. As Watson leveled a twenty two caliber revolver at Parent, uh, he begged Watson not to hurt him, claiming that he wouldn't say anything. Watson then lunged at him with a knife and uh, then shot him four times in the chest. Uh, Watson then ordered the women to help push the car further up the driveway. They crossed the front lawn and had to... Kasabian looked for an open window. Watson cut the screen out of the window and told Kasabian to keep watch by the gate. So she didn't really participate. She just kind of kept watch for everybody. 
after Watson removed the the screen and came in through the window, he let Atkins and Kramwinkle in through the door. He whispered to Atkins, and then Wojciech Frakowski, who was sleeping on the couch, uh, he woke them up and woke him up. Watson kicked him in the head, and Frakowski asked him, "Who are you, and what are you doing here?" He said, uh, "I'm the devil, and I came to do the devil's work." On Watson's direction, Atkins found the house's three other occupants, and with Krenwinkel's help, forced them to the living room. Uh, they tied up uh, Sharon Tate and um, Jay Sebring, tied them together by their necks, and uh, with a rope he'd brought up and slung over one of the living room ceiling beams. So, tied them both by the necks, and uh, it was hung over a ceiling beam. Um, Sebring's protest of rough treatment to Sharon, who was pregnant, Watson shot him. Uh, Then Folger was taken momentarily back to her bedroom for her purse, out of which the intruders took uh, $70. After that, Watson stabbed Sebring seven times, because apparently the shot didn't kill him. Um, Frakowski had been bound with a towel, uh, then, uh, struggled with Atkins, uh, Atkins stabbed him in the leg with a knife, and, uh, he fought his way toward and out the front door, but then, on the porch, Watson caught up with him, struck him over the head with the gun, stabbed him repeatedly, and then shot him twice. Kasabian was, uh, brought up from the driveway by... What she called horrifying sounds. So she definitely ended up feeling remorse for all of this. Um, she arrived outside the door. She tried to. Act, she actually tried to stop what they were doing, but uh, and then she told them that uh, somebody was coming. There wasn't actually anybody coming, but she told them that to get them to stop. Um. Back inside the house, Folger had escaped from Krenwinkle and fled out a bedroom door to the pool. Folger uh, was pursued to the front lawn, who caught her, stabbed her, and finally tackled her to the ground. She was then dispatched by Watson, and they stabbed Folger 28 times. Uh, Frakowski struggled across the lawn. Watson murdered him with a final flurry of stabbings. He was stabbed a total of 51 times. I dropped my phone. <laughs> Then, inside the house, Tate pleaded to be allowed to live long enough to have her baby, and even offered herself as a hostage in an attempt to save the life of her kid. Nobody knows for sure if it was Atkins or Watson. It might have been both. But uh, they killed Tate. She was stabbed 16 times. Um, Watson later wrote that as she was being killed, Tate cried, Mother, mother. Yeah. You know what's eerie about that? Hmm? You know what's eerie about that? I didn't say this, but uh, Jim Jones's last words were, Mother, mother. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> earlier, when as they were heading to the ranch, as uh, the family members were heading out from the ranch, 
Manson had told the women to leave a sign, something witchy. So, using the tail that uh, they bound Frakowski's hands with, Atkins wrote pig on the fr- on the house's front door in Tate's blood. En route home, the killers changed out of bloody clothes, which were ditched in the hills alongside their weapons. Manson was admitted to state prison from Los Angeles County Prison in 1971 for seven counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murders for the deaths of Abigail Ann Folger, Wojciech Varkowski, Stephen Earl Parent, Sharon Tate, uh, Sharon Tate Polanski, Jay Sebring, and Lynn Owen Rosemary LaBianca. He was sentenced to death, but then they and then the state of California ruled the death penalty unconstitutional in seventy two. He was then resentenced to life without the possibility of parole. His original death sentence was modified to life in seventy seven. Um he was then later convicted of first degree murder in LA County Court for the death of musician Gary Hinman. He was also convicted of first-degree murder for the 1969 death of Donald Jerome Shea. So that's, uh, what, nine total murders? But it's it's not even so much the, the murders that's the creepy part, part about Manson, because... He himself had very little to do with any of the murders. It was the amount of control that he had over these people. Yeah. Absolute uh, control. Yeah. This is like, unlike Jim Jones, you know, Jim Jones, once he got them into the crazy situation that they were in, he was threatening them to keep them there. Um, Manson's followers were... Uh, they were backing him to the very end with the exception of uh, I can't think of names Kasabian she, uh, yeah. like, she was the only one that actually ended up turning on him everybody else testified for him yeah but then and- there's like God, the court cases. The court cases are insane. He he came in one day for one hearing, uh, claiming that he was Jesus. He was the Messiah. <laughs> the next court case, he came back with a cross. No, he uh, he'd had the cross cut in his forehead for the Jesus one. Yeah, he cut a cross into his forehead and claimed that he was Jesus. He came back for the next one, and he had turned the cross into a swastika and claimed that he was the devil. Do you feel the blame? Are you mad? Do you feel like Wolf Bob Refrenish? Refrenish? Push, 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 it was almost as if he went completely insane once he actually got into court. But then at the same time, it was like a perfect insanity. Oh, yeah. It was a acted insanity. Yeah. A, Charles Manson was a terrifying man. Somebody asked him about it, and he said, you people would convict a grilled cheese sandwich of murder, and the people wouldn't question it. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then he also was quoted as saying, remorse for what? You people have done everything in the world to me. Doesn't that give me equal right? Yeah. Yeah. Charles Manson ended up playing the victim in the end. You've got to realize you're the devil as much as you are God. I mean, this is just all so you turn around quotes from him. Yeah, it's reverse psychology. Yeah. So there's no, there's no uneducated psychopath that would just up and learn that, you know, unless he was being taught how to do it. If I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. Because my children are coming. I told you 20 years ago. That's terrifying. Terrifying dude. It's, it always sounds really bad to say, but I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's dead. probably yeah. a good thing. It always sounds bad to we, you know, to say that you're glad somebody's dead. But with Charles Manson, it's a, it's a pretty good thing. There's a dead. lot of these people we've talked about that I'm glad we're dead. Yeah. Your guy was dead for a long time. <laughs> Your guy's been dead for 600 years. <laughs> these children that come at you with knobs... They're your children. You taught them. I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. See, that's that whole... Excuse me. That whole uh, death to the hippie culture. That uh, that they were trying to... Yeah. That's... Uh, the innocence of the hippie culture. That's what I was about to say. That I was reading something about that. You know, that uh, the Manson murders were... The death of the innocence of the 60s. Yeah. That was... It brought everybody back to the real world. Yeah, it brought everybody back to the reality. It made everybody realize there's still monsters out here. From the world of darkness, I did loose demons and devils in the power of scorpions to torment. I am Jesus Christ. Whether you want to accept it or not, I don't care. Because really, if you think about it... Well, I don't know. I need to do a little bit more research before I spout that in, spout yeah. that out. Because I was about to say, because really there wasn't a murder case that was as, as popular as that during the 60s as the whole no. Vietnam War and, and all that stuff that was going on. And, yep. And, uh, I mean, there really wasn't any that were as heinous either. Yeah. You know? Murderers are not monsters. They're men. And that's the most frightening thing about them. That's not Charles Manson. No. It's Alice Seabold. Yeah. But it's true. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> cults and serial killers. Mm-hmm. Be afraid of the boogeyman. Yep. The boogeyman's real. He just doesn't look like uh, what you think he does. Yeah. Looks like anybody else. Normal people. You know? crazy man this got really dark this episode got super dark how'd that happen who's responsible for this (laughs) (laughs) i didn't do it yeah i did kind of do it i started it (laughs) happy halloween listeners So since Just this, music. <laughs> since this episode's coming out on Halloween, let me let me finish off your evening with uh, a uh, fun little line. 
that I actually just happened to think up. <laughs> oh. So, as you go out to your parties and everything on Halloween, remember that uh, the masks that everyone are wearing, they're not the monsters. The monsters are underneath. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Happy Halloween. As James Whitcomb Riley said, the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. That's the truth. H.P. Lovecraft once wrote that he may or may not have shot his best friend six times in the head. But he'd leave it to the reader to decide if his actions were justified or not. The thing at the doorstep, which is quite yep. possibly one of the most terrifying books that or stories that he ever wrote. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> okay. We're history told by idiots. We're going to sign off before our recording machine dies off again. I'm really excited about it being This is Halloween, but it's some kind of weird remix. So, you know what? No spooky music for you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, go check us out on social media and all the normal places. Yeah. Social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We uh, are at History by Idiots. Uh, we have our Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash History by Idiots. Website, historybyidiots.com. We have a Teespring store where we do not sell boop sticks, but we do have t-shirts. Sorry, they're not glitter, uh, but that's okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) for the 18th time this episode, that's Teespring.com slash History dash told dash by dash idiots. (laughs) You know what? If you just search... (laughs) <laughs> you know what? If you just search you, you, to, you know what? If you just pay attention, uh, I'll post a link that works. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Uh, okay. Go to our Instagram. You'll see our niece wearing one of the t-shirts. One, yeah. The design. But you can't have it. So sorry. Because yeah. Because yeah, I made that, and I'm not making one for you. I'm paying somebody else to do it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are we really? Is that how that well, works? Well, I mean, they get money if we sell t-shirts. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know how they that make works. the t-shirt, they get a percentage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that works. <sighs> I didn't know if that how it works, or I just didn't care. I had know how that worked, but I guess <laughs> I do now. So. You do now. <laughs> um, Happy Halloween. Yeah. Be safe. Uh, eat lots of candy. Get chocolate. Do get chocolate wasted. Go for it. Cute chocolate white girl chocolate, chocolate wasted. wasted. <laughs> so, love history. Love your libraries. And love yourself. Also send us pictures of your Halloween costumes. Please. <laughs> we'll post we'll show you ours if you show yours. Send those. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Made everybody realize there's still monsters. Boogeyman's real. He just doesn't look like what you think he does. Yeah. Looks like anybody else.